Hi folks. On this episode, I speak with two teams bringing NFTs to life. The first conversation is with Kenny from MetaCollect. MetaCollect are a group of passionate crypto and NFT educators and collectors who are innovating on the way you can engage via the first permanent NFT gallery in Australia. The second conversation is with John from 333D, an Australian-owned and operated 3D printing and technology licensing service. 333D create protocols for NFT issuers to include 3D printing instructions with their tokens, and they build and run printing services for brands and collectors to make on-demand physical merchandise. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please note that this podcast does not constitute financial product advice. You should consider obtaining independent advice from a financial advisor before making any financial decisions. Kenny, thanks so much for joining me. It's, it's really cool. I met you face to face on the weekend as well. So this is really nice to be able to talk to you, you know, on the record. Uh, and what I'd love for you to tell uh, me and, and, and all the listeners of the show is just a little bit about yourself. You know, how did you arrive at crypto? Yeah, no worries, uh, John. It was great to see you as well and, and, and meet you there at the uh, conference. Um, but yeah, so I became aware or kind of took crypto seriously in 2016. I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast with uh, Andreas Antonopoulos. And that was the first time that, I mean, up until then, I kind of thought, oh, you know, this crypto thing's a bit of like get rich quick scheme, probably some kind of scam. Uh, but listening to him kind of made me realize, oh, there's actually, you know, something to this. Um, and at the time, the Bitcoin price was like $600. And they were talking about, wow, the price is low and it's, it keeps going up and up. When's it going to stop? Um, but unfortunately, I didn't, I didn't purchase any at that point. But it, it was enough to kind of pique my interest. Uh, but it wasn't until 2017 when I, when I kind of decided to take a better look into the technology and kind of learn you know, what is blockchain? How does it work? I started going on YouTube. How does blockchain work? Um, and that got me really interested. And then I made my first uh, purchase, which was an EOS token uh, in 2017. Uh, financially, not the best decision, uh, <laughs> <laughs> looking, looking back at that. But um, it was actually a really good decision as far as uh, my education and connections uh, that evolved from that. Um, I, I began writing about uh, EOS um, basically just to because my family and friends were like, "What, what are you into? Like, what, what are you doing here?" Um, and I was, I just wanted to communicate to them, you know, this is actually like I see a big future in in this technology. It's a serious thing. Uh, so I started writing about EOS specifically um, and, and put it out there on some medium articles, and the community just absolutely loved it, which was to my surprise because. Uh, up until that moment, I'd never been interested in writing and I, I didn't see myself as a good writer at all. Um, so, yeah, the EOS community just really loved it and wanted me to write more. I think, you know, some community members started sending me EOS and I was like, wow, they really like it. Um, that gave me the, the confidence to continue writing. Cool. Uh, yeah, then I started the um, EOS Writer publication um, and just started publishing my stuff on my own website and then quickly it kind of became like the the kind of go-to uh, source for EOS content and information uh, in, in that ecosystem. So that was that was kind of going well. I mean, we would sell some banner ads and it was just great like being part of that community at that time. Um, and then we decided, why don't we expand it more outside of EOS? Um, so we started working on CryptoRider. I met our uh, co-founder, Sean, 
Uh, he's in Miami, so I met him in, from the EOS community. And we, yeah, we started talking about doing expanding EOS Rider into Crypto Rider and, and started doing that. I mean, you're writing about crypto more generally. How did that evolve then to NFTs? Yeah, so it was always going to happen that we would come across NFTs. And it was uh, 2019, actually. Um, there was a, an NFT metaverse uh, platform that opened up on EOS called Upland. Um, so that's where I bought my first NFTs and that, that, that's still going really well today. I think they have the highest, uh, daily active users of any, uh, metaverse still to this day. Uh, so they're doing well, but, uh, yeah, that's how I came across NFTs originally. And then as we were working, uh, on crypto writer, we decided, uh, let's do like a, a physical book. That will be the 50, 50 best articles of say the last three months. And we we're like, well, why don't we give away an NFT with each purchase of the book? Uh, so, so we did that. And to our surprise, um, people just started buying the book to get the NFT. And we actually had to, yeah, right. Yeah. We actually had to stop the sale because we definitely weren't ready for that uh, level of demand <laughs> to sell all those <laughs> books. So that was kind of the first moment where we realized, oh, wow, there's actually, some some real demand and interest in these nfts uh to 2020 that was uh early 2020 so then we started looking at it uh, much more seriously and, and and essentially started to pivot the company more towards an nft uh kind of uh focused focused company okay well i mean to fast forward to today you know you guys are opening something really interesting which you know i want you to tell me about the gallery and, and how it got there yeah. but I'd, I'd also before we get there i'd like you to just kind of tell me what the nft scene was like when you when you were first looking at it you know what we saw the hype happen you know from the outsider's point of view but what was some of the things that you saw happen and and i know that you guys also had a couple of projects there so can you i think it'd be great for you to tell me a little bit about those yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, the first the first project that we came up with was uh, called Finny. And so Finny is an Android that's come to Earth to learn about blockchain and crypto. Uh, so he's got a cool educational twist and kind of angle to him. He kind of grew out of the uh, crypto writer uh, mascot was what he was uh, planned to be. Uh, so yeah, we did our first project on EOS and WAX. It was the first uh, generative uh, drop on both those chains. We did it as a free drop, so there was five thousand uh, Finny coins on each chain, and you could. We just kind of distributed them to influencers and people who were giving them away to their communities for free, just to kind of get us going. Um, and that did really well, so that was cool. And then, and then uh, that community, we kind of worked with them for for quite a while. We were doing like airdrops to follow up, and we created this book, uh, Finny Volume One, which we just got the hardcover copies of uh, recently. I've seen one. It looks yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Looking forward to your feedback on that one. Um, but yeah, so we, so we, that brand is is uh, still still cranking along pretty well. We're, I'm pretty excited about the potential of Finny uh, as kind of taking the mantelpiece of the Web three um, education mascot potentially in the future. So I think there's a big opportunity there. Um, and then also, I mean, we went on to 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 explore other chains and other ecosystems as well because kind of we're very blockchain agnostic we don't want to get tied down to to which i kind of did early on with the os but i really love exploring these different ecosystems mm. uh so we went on to to do a project on terra uh called the crunks and so they're essentially uh just a pixel full body pixel uh artwork of crypto punks 
Um, so that that was that was a pretty cool experience that sold out um, pretty quick, and yeah, cool community there. But then obviously late uh, that didn't didn't last forever with the terror. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a slightly different story. Yeah, the yeah, terror horror. Yeah, terror terror collapsed there, and our project was kind of caught in the in the crossfire there. But uh, we we did uh, partner with uh, uh, One Planet uh, NFT marketplace on Polygon. And they've just recently migrated the crunks over to Polygon now. So that's really cool to see that they're still alive and kicking. That's great. Yeah. I mean, what is it, you know, when you, when you have these different protocols, I guess the end user to a certain extent, you know, in the long run, hopefully won't care, <laughs> but in yeah. the short run, you know, are, are there differences between the community? You know, do you, do you think are they different audiences or are they the same audience? Yeah, they're definitely different audiences. Like Crunks was insane. Like there was so much hype on Terra NFT, uh, the space there that within like two weeks, we had like 15,000 in the Discord from like 20 different countries. Like it was a really global audience, which was yeah, like right. really surprising to us. We're like, wow, this is insane. Uh, so definitely different. And, and I mean, also each NFT project and community is completely different, like depending on what, uh, what your product is and what what angle it has, you'll you'll attract a different community. So that's that's another interesting aspect of uh, Web three and NFT communities. I mean, we did have a little chat on the weekend, as I mentioned, and and you talked about you know I guess meme coins and and how sometimes yeah. you know they're kind of like I mean the way that I think about it is sometimes these these channels they're almost just like a like a Reddit you know thread or or a sub of some kind, but they happen to be you know around a an NFT and the, and the proof mm-hmm. that you're a member of that sub is not just that you're in the Discord. Anyone can be in a Discord, but that you own the 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 meme or, or what it, or, or what it might ever it might be. Yeah, one hundred percent. And talking about meme coins, we actually went on to launch uh, a project called Mongs. So that's a really cool one. Um, there was a, a U.S. congressman named Brad Sherman who said some really uh, negative things about crypto earlier in the year, and he was saying some silly things like I think, um, you know, just talking about making up coin names like Cobra Coin's going to get eaten by Mongoose Coin. And, <laughs> and I was like, what the hell is this guy talking about? And then within a few hours, the uh, crypto community had spun up a bunch of uh, Mongoose meme coins and we thought it was hilarious. Um, and it was actually a pretty cool uh, bunch of people behind those communities. So we're like, hey, why don't we do a NFT meme project to kind of complement th- this coin? Um, and that, that was really cool. Like that one sold out in like 16 minutes. Um, but that, that was on Ethereum also. And it was an interesting thing with that one is we didn't have many people in the discord. There was only a thousand people. So we really didn't know if it was going to sell out or not. Um, and Mm. it, and it did, and it kind of made us realize that it's not the amount of, of followers you have in the discord or or your Twitter. It's, it's like, are they actually collectors? Are they actually going to purchase? Yeah. are they just kind of like lurkers? So that that was that was cool to see, and that community t- till the day, t- still today is like repping the PFPs. They're probably our biggest uh, community, most engaged, and yeah, they're awesome. The Mong Mob. That's cool. Okay, well, let's okay let let's get to th- this most recent, I guess, iteration of what you guys are doing, and it's obviously related to NFTs. Let's talk about medical. I mean, Medicalx, your your brand. Let's talk about the gallery because I think yeah. that's a really. I mean, I, I've spoken to a couple of different NFT project creators before. You might have heard on the show, and if you haven't, uh, listeners can go back and you know we, we've spoken to people like the Deadfellas, the people behind Deadfellas, and yeah. some Aussie Aussie projects like that. Uh, Sirwa Atafwa, she's a great artist. Um, so that's been really cool 
But, you know, tell me about the gallery that you guys are building and, and what makes it different and, and what some of the challenges <laughs> that you face kind of getting this thing up and running. Are you open? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we opened in June uh, of this year as the first permanent uh, NFT gallery in Australia. Uh, there has been a few other NFT galleries, but they've been uh, pop-ups and, and kind of like exhibitions here and there. So we're pretty excited to 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 become the first. Um, originally had the idea, I think, in like end of last year, kind of started to think about it. Wow, we, what, what would an NFT gallery look like uh, with these kind of NFT frames that authenticate the NFTs on them? Um, and started working towards that. Um, and, and the process it definitely was was a lot of work. I mean, we had to find the site. We had to we spent about three months renovating the place uh, to get it to get it where we wanted to as 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 a functional gallery. Uh, and we put a lot of effort into making it kind of look like a traditional gallery, like not not having too many frames and having the right spacing. Mm. Um, so we put a lot of work into that. But yeah, we opened we opened in June. We're open every Saturday, uh, ten a.m. to four p.m. Uh, to, to the public and then we can make appointments for, for other interested people uh, through the week. And it also doubles as, as our office here for MetaCollect where we have developers and working on different projects and whatnot. That's cool. I, and you mentioned the frame. So tell me about these frames. Like what, because I mean, when I think of a gallery, I think, yeah, well, you can just get some screens up. But what, what yeah. was it behind the, you know, the thinking around the particular frames you guys are using? What was yeah. that important? Yeah, so these frames, you have to sign a transaction to authenticate the ownership of the NFT that's being shown on the frame. Uh, so it's it's not just a bunch of TVs um, thrown up on a wall and, and basically just casting an image to. So that was a key aspect for us to kind of give it authenticity. So if you're going to be an art gallery, I feel like it has to be, you know, authentic and have that connection there to the NFT. Um, and we're actually working uh, towards creating our own frames uh, because while these frames are good, the software could be improved. So there's a lot of things that we'd like to do uh, that the app isn't allowing us to do yet. So we're kind of taking it into our own hands and, and create our own app to power That's cool. these frames. Yeah. So, so just for the audience's benefit, um, correct me if, 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 I, if I explain this yep. poorly, but you know, the frame itself, the owner of that NFT has to authorize the frame mm -hmm. to show it. So it can't, you're not just plugging in a monitor and visiting a, a, an image. You're actually getting permission from the owner to display this thing. Yep. And, and do you guys move um, NFTs through the space? Like, can people put offers in and stuff like that? How does that work? Yeah, so we're not buying and selling NFTs through the frames yet. Uh, that, that's another, another aspect that we'd like to build on, on our own app. Uh, to have it more of a marketplace where you can purchase directly from the from the frame. Uh, there's also really interesting ideas that we've got around subscription models where we could someone could have a frame in their home and we could subscribe. They could subscribe to our uh, subscription and then we cast a, a collection of NFTs into, into onto their frames into their home. Uh, so I love the idea of potentially having like a collection of 365 NFTs and each day uh, you wake up to a new artwork on your frame at home or hotel lobbies, et cetera. Really cool ideas. That's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, I guess innovating in terms of the way that you can deliver um, digital art to people is a really, I think this is a kind of an area that I was really keen to talk to you about because yeah. that, we, we talk about innovation in terms of the creation of the art. Like I was speaking to, I've spoken to, you know, creators about, about the methods that they're using and the kind of potential, you know, to, well, you know, generative art is one thing, but also the, the kind of, collaborative experience of nfts whereby 
you know, individuals in the act of minting kind of create um, the yeah. art. Like, I, I think that's all really cool. But this is another level, which is about how you might um, deliver, you know, physical versions of these items or, or leverage the, the, the technology to to deliver a better experience when it comes to buying digital art, more authenticated experience. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's exciting because it's getting a Web3 product into the hands or into the kind of visibility of, of the general public. Uh, so, mm. you know, bringing, having a gallery, you know, kind of saying, here we are kind of bringing in the general public. It's just so interesting to see, you know, what, what they think about Web3 or, or that usually not aware of Web3, the term, but NFTs, what are they? And it's exciting to have those conversations with people uh, when they come in. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, so you've talked a little bit about what's next for the gallery and, and the tech side. Are there other things that you guys are, are looking to roll out? And, and I'd love to see what's you know on the horizon for you. Yeah, definitely. So one thing I haven't uh, mentioned yet is we have an art, NFT art brand called Underground. And so we've been building that for about a year. Uh, we've got an online publication, uh, underground.io. So U-N-D-R-G-R-N-D.io. Uh, okay, underground without the vowels. Got it. Yes, yep. yes, that's it. Um, so we've been running that publication for about a year, um, and we're just kind of looking because what we've noticed is there's so many amazing underground NFT artists um, from a lot of developing countries, and the art is just insane. And there's just so many amazing artists. So we, we just wanted to really start to feature them. So each week we'll feature five different artists on that publication and do show some of their art and talk about them. We've got. Uh, NFT Joe's been running that for years. So I've got to give him a shout out. He's mm-hmm. been doing amazing work for us. And so that's building up to we're launching an NFT uh, marketplace, underground marketplace. Um, hopefully in the next month, we should get that up and running. That's going to launch on EOS blockchain. And, and that role, that kind of ties into the gallery as well, because a lot of those artists that we've been working with and, 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 and making connections with, we want to we want to get onto these frames and get them exposure in the gallery as well that's cool i mean i think think there's a network kind of obviously kind of evolving here i've had conversations with people who are more from the kind of traditional art side you know asking me about uh, nfts i'm not i'm personally not the expert but i definitely i definitely um, have some some insight from people like you so thanks for allowing me to share share that with with people who who approach me but i but i I think that there's obviously an educational theme maybe we can finish up here by just talking about um you know, your plans for, for on the education side again, because I think that's obviously core to what you, you guys are doing and, and a little bit more perhaps about, you know, um, you know what we're thinking there. Yeah, definitely. So as I said earlier, Finney, Finney I think uh, we can do some cool stuff with him as a kind of educational mascot and, and having this gallery here, being able to bring people in and, and actually teach them in real life about what is Web3, also, also like local businesses and, and brands that are, looking to enter the web3 space um we just think we've got a great opportunity there to start educating people uh and we are working on an online course as well as as people coming in 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 the physical courses here um so we're excited to work on that i think that's going to be i think that's what the space needs at the moment needs a lot of education um and the demand is there as well uh for example when we were building this gallery Every single tradie that came in was asking, oh, NFTs, um, you know, that there's a genuine interest there uh, from all, all, all types of people. So we're excited to set that up. We've got a, another thing about the gallery is since we've opened, there's a lot of talent 
local talent here that's just popped up that people we never knew were in this local area and they're mm. like really knowledgeable about web3 and they they want to help and they want to help us with these educational courses and, and and stuff like that so that's really cool to see as well so definitely excited to to get, hit the ground running with that stuff yeah like an in real life uh, community that's uh, yeah. unusual for blockchain but i, I think these yeah. kinds of things happen when you when you build spaces and and you you broadcast you gather people gather around that that's amazing well yeah, kenny i i think that's super um amazing really the amount of stuff that you guys have been working on and and to see it come to fruition uh, i have to come and check out the gallery in real life myself I, I, I can't wait to do that thanks for coming on the show today it's been excellent no worries it's great to chat and yeah i'd love to love to show you this space in person all right we'll speak to you next time John, look, thank you so much for joining me on today's show. I'd love for you to tell me a little bit about yourself, your background, and, and I guess how you landed in the kind of crypto world. Well, thanks, Jonathan, for having me on. Uh, I'm an accountant by trade, so I went to RMIT and did Bachelor of Business in Accounting. That was in uh, in the early 90s and then got involved in, in healthcare and, and started and ran a, a fairly large public company in radiology. Whilst I was doing that, got involved in, um, in 3D printing uh, which basically is a digital assets company. And from that, you get exposure to, to crypto and, and so forth. But I remember the first time I, I really had an infinity with, with Bitcoin was, I think it was in like early 2012 when the, when the price was um, $200, uh, $200. And I think Hamish and Andy on their, on their uh, Fox radio station were, were mucking around with it. So... That, that's that's the first time I really sort of got an interest in it. So that, that's my background uh, in, in terms of business, uh, but also how I came to understand uh, crypto and NFTs in particular. One of, my, one of my colleagues or current directors, Nigel Finch, was also on the board of Animoca, which are probably one of the pioneers when it comes to NFTs. So that gave me an early introduction to NFTs. Well, let's just wind back a little bit. I'm really interested in the, you know, just the 3D printing aspect of your your background. Can you tell me a little bit about the 3D printing industry and, you know, I guess the challenges and and why you thought there was an opportunity to to bring 3D printing across to to the Web3 world? Yeah, so what we're seeing is there's a concept that that's coming uh, or originating called digital which is the merging of, of, of the digital or the intangible and the physical to create, let's call it an ultimate experience. Um, you know, people have access to so many different uh, opportunities to heighten their sensory system. And um, what we try and do is, is really uh, encompass um, 3D printing and the digital. So the basis of it or the genesis is a digital file. So we have a substantial amount of digital files and now we can choose to determine whether we create a physical representation through the 3d printing or we keep those in a virtual representation which is an nft or you can blend both of them together to create a heightened experience uh, so that, so that's that's the connect between 3d printing and nfts is that the origin the origin of it is a is a file yeah and and when you uh, i i guess first encountered NFTs. Tell me a little bit about that and, and your relationship with Anamonica. That'd be interesting. Uh, well, I don't really have a direct relationship with Anamonica, but Nigel, uh, when it was public, uh, Dr. Finch uh, was a director of Anamonica. Uh, the ASX at the time wasn't too kind to this space and Anamonica had a few issues in relation to uh, satisfying their listing rules and decided to delist and, and uh, from then Nigel departed uh, the board. So NFTs 
you know, is you really need to understand what an NFT is. Most people think it's just a picture or some type of video, audio recording, and it's not. It's not. You know, that is that is the visual representation, but it's more than that. It's a contract. It's a you know, it's it's a concept of ownership. It's a concept of obligation. Um, so when people understand that, you know, NFTs will become ubiquitous over the next you know five to twenty years. It'll be in everyday life in every form. So uh, once people understand the concept and the underlying nature of it, that it's more than just a picture, uh, I think their mindset will change. Okay, so tell me, you know, practically, you know, some examples of what you guys have been doing, uh, and the kind of the kind of, uh, I, I guess, uh, digital things that you've been creating. Yeah. So one of the things that so one of the things that we've, we've done is created um, an NFT three uh, D printing protocol. So what that does is that gives three D printing creators the opportunity to embed a three D printing protocol in their NFT. Therefore, the owner of the NFT can determine or decide to convert that into a 3D print or a physical physical representation. So um, what Nigel went to an NFT conference in New York recently, and it's a really big market where a lot of that board ape community that do own the IP to their to their art are actually trying to monetize that and create physical objects. And we're seeing 3D printed uh, board apes, you know, very small and and very large. Uh, we are participating in that space, but one of the one of the areas that we're doing is that we're wanting to own the whole turnkey solution. So the digital file, the rights, the NFT, and also the three D print, so we can actually curate and create an experience. And one of the areas that we've really found an opportunity in is um, is actually owning the rights, the trademarks to iconic horses from around the world in the digital space and the metaverse. Uh, trademarking is a very interesting concept and it was like a, a light bulb moment for me. So we've been able to secure uh, names such as Seabiscuit, Secretariat, Frankel, Farlap and so forth. So we're doing an NFT drop that gives people the right to, to own those digital, but also in a physical representation, which is going to be a 3D print. And that's going to give you, they'll have certain attributes in it and it'll give you certain rights and just open up a lot more opportunities in, in the metaverse. I also see that you guys have, uh, you know, been looking at uh, figurines for for iconic sporting figures and things like yes. that. What's the kind of appetite like in the market for for, for this and and the representation? Uh, not just you know because anyone can go and print a figurine if they've got the rights for it. But what? Why do people and why do you think people care about this kind of digital crossover and and the um, the relationship to NFTs? Uh, it's, it's a really good question, and and uh, look. The AFL just recently did an AF, did a drop, did an AFL mint, and it was sold out. Um, it was done through Animoca on the Flow platform. These people have a love for sport and they want to be associated with it. The beauty about NFTs is that it makes you feel special. You know, you're, they're all unique and it's one of how many that have been minted. And there's the opportunity that you'll have access to something that no one else has. Uh, and when you encompass that with something physical, it just adds that extra feel-good factor, I suppose. It's no different to, you know, buying a luxury bag with your initials on it, right, or buying a, a limited edition, whatever it may be. You see, you know, Ferrari came out a few weeks ago with their financial results and said they, they grow us the largest segment in their – the largest growing segment in, in their market is personalisation of motor vehicles. So that's what 3D printing does, and that's what NFTs are. NFTs are, by definition, all unique. 
3D printing enables us to print a thousand different things in one run that you cannot ordinarily do in traditional manufacturing. And that's why mm. those two things are really aligned and very exciting. So there's like a be- kind of bespoke merchandising opportunity. But then what about the other things that people are doing? These Are you, are you seeing anything uh, else? Are, there, are people using the physical objects to get access to, you know, is it, is it just something you put on the shelf or, the, or do they have other utilities? No, so that they will have other utilities. So one of the things that we're doing as part of the Nifty Run concept, which is our, our, our horses drop, is that you need to buy the 3D print or get access to the 3D print, which will have an embedded NFC chip that gives you rights to a to a website that then enables you to access, you know, certain things that you wouldn't otherwise have. So, and, and we're seeing that. So whether whether that that physical item has a, so I'll give you uh, an example. It's not NFT. Oh, it is an NFT. This is just I read about this about two days ago. Bulgari has made this watch there's only a 10 of them that has an nft with it and on the bracelet of the watch is a qr code that gives you access to something special right so this is where it's going people just want to feel special and unique and we're just you know we're, we're satisfying a part of that basically Okay, cool. So you've talked to me a little bit about uh, the Nifty drop. I see there's also uh, Mini League. What, what is the Mini League? Can you tell me a little bit more about so, that? So the, the Mini League is the licensing that we have with the AFL. So we, we basically capture every player every year in the uniform. That's when we've done at the start of the year. Uh, so we, we have the it, – it's, it's really – it's 100 cameras. It's got a photogametry system that captures every player. Uh, and we create a three-dimensional representation of that player. Uh, from that and convert that into a into a figurine. Uh, we can print that, you know, from really one inch to 40, 45 centimetres and we make that available to, you know, whoever wants to buy it. And, and you're seeing, some, you know, quite a few people that want to buy it because they love the club, they love the player or they buy them as gifts. Um, mm. You know, they are like, they are a new form of the traditional football card, right? So it's no different to a football card. Um, in this case, you're, you're getting a physical representation. You can put it on your shelf. You can put it wherever you like. And and I think some something that people do with the cards is that they play games with them. Um, are there digital games that are kind of being built around some of these as well? Uh, well, we're, we're not doing that. We don't have the rights to that with, with the AFL mm. um, because the AFL has, has signed a, an agreement with Anamaker in relation to the NFT and that enables, you know, that, that, that will, it's, it's a dynamic play, I believe, and that will, change over time but our our nifty run concept uh, which we own 100 percent, will incorporate you know some nice little fun let's call it dynamic things that will keep people intrigued and, and keep coming back uh okay cool it sounds like there's lots lots on the horizon it'd be great for you to tell me you know if there's anything else that you guys are planning uh we can get an understanding of you know what 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 look what the roadmap kind of looks like for 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 t3 yeah so look i suppose the, the nifty run concept is the one that has a significant appeal to us in that we've really hit a sweet spot in the product is not, it's not AFL, which is just Australian and predominantly Victorian and whatever you want to, you know, like the Australian market. It's, um, it's worldwide. You know, we have the rights, we have the mm. rights to Secretariat, we have the rights to my, to all these horses. Therefore, we want, we have an addressable market here, which is worldwide. And that's, that's great for, us in that we're going to get a lot more eyeballs. And look, who doesn't like iconic horses, right? Who doesn't like a Farlap? Who doesn't like a Winx? 
you know, who doesn't like a secretariat? When you get a movie made about you, you know, there's mass appeal. Uh, and that's the space that we saw, we're seeing significant uh, opportunity in. Uh, and it's for relatively low cost for us as well. We're not paying substantial license fees to get these get these benefits and these rights. That sounds pretty interesting. And look, I guess lastly, from my point of view, what is the um, the kind of the the production process look like for you? Is that something that you guys do all in house? Do you do you have that in different part? If you're dealing with a global audience, are you shipping from here? Or you 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 know where, where do you do your printing? The printing is all done in in, in Melbourne, uh, and we do ship. Uh, from, from Australia, we do ship from Melbourne, we ship worldwide. In terms of the NFT drop, obviously uh, we we use third parties to help assist us with the coding, with the marketing and so forth. So we're looking at doing that uh, in time for, uh, let's call it the spring racing carnival that also incorporates the Everest there in, there in Sydney. So, um, you know, well, whatever we, we can do, we do, but obviously we're not experts in everything. And NFTs is a specialty industry and a specialty area, constantly evolving. You know, the communities are quite interesting. Um, and you want to make sure that you do garner support, you do garner interest, and you can, you know, use the right marketing channels to get people to your, to your platforms, whether it's Twitter, whether it's Discord, whether it's, you know, the, the website. So they, they can interact and they, they are, they feel part of something that is going to be, uh, it's going to be, um, you know, provide them with some some level of uh, engagement and, and, a, and a wonderful experience. And just lastly, um, with respect to the protocol you mentioned, you know, it's this really interesting idea that you guys have created, um, you know, pro- essentially the rule set for how you would embed Correct. printing data. How, how, if a developer listening to this show wants to start embedding, you know, 3D printing instructions with their NFTs, how, how do they go about doing that and, and where do they start? So straightforward. So we have a we have a paper that's that well, our developers have, have written. Just go to the triple three d.co.co website. Uh, you'll see a nifty print uh, icon there. Go into that, and and that'll take you to the document page that basically uh, describes the the pathway to take to embed the three D printing protocol into an NFT. And if you've already done an NFT, you can actually airdrop a specific. Uh, 3D printing protocol to your current owners. So there's ways where if you want, if you want to, uh, provide this service, uh, to either a new drop or an old drop, it's easily done. Alternatively, they can reach out to us. And we can get them in touch with our developers who can give them some simple instructions of how to do that. Look, I can see, yeah, that you guys have a Git book there. And, uh, and it's pretty amazing that you can, you know, you can airdrop. Great that backwards compatibility is possible in blockchain. Um, cool, John. And look, I really appreciate your time today. That was a you know, fascinating, fascinating overview and, and wishing you all the best with this project. I'm looking forward to seeing some uh, digital figurines in, in, in my space soon. Thanks very much for your time, uh, Jonathan. It's nice chat with you. Thanks everyone for joining me on this show and for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe and review on your podcast platform of choice and we'll make sure we take you right to the edge of the crypto frontier. And remember, you can learn more about all things crypto by visiting kraken.com slash learn. Until next time, I've been Jonathan Miller and this has been the Crypto Frontier.